Welcome back to NIM Talk, a podcast for NEMT operators. My name is Eric Lane, and I'm the NEMT Practice Director for Bankers Insurance. I've helped NEMT operators put best practices in place and worked with them to expand their business to achieve their goals, and I'm excited to do the same for all of you listening. Our goal is to give you the tools necessary for you to enjoy the same successes as my clients. We're particularly excited to be back after a brief two-week hiatus. Uh, We're excited to be in our our new studio uh, with some new equipment, Uh, and we're really excited about today's show. So today's show uh, features Mindy Kniebel of uh, of Kaizen Health, and Kaizen Health is a really fascinating organization, and we are so thankful to be able to have Mindy uh, come on and talk to us about social determinants of health and uh, what a payor like Kaizen is looking for in their transportation partners. And so it was an extremely valuable uh, interview for uh, for TPs that are looking to expand outside of the tr- traditional Medicaid payor. And so we're really excited about that. We're equally as excited about what we have in store for the next six to eight weeks for you. Uh, we've got operators that are coming on to talk about how they started their businesses and the trials and tribulations that they faced and what they did to achieve their success. Uh, we're going to have additional payors come on as well to talk about uh, what they're looking for and what they're most excited about. Uh, we're going to have some legislative updates and and really just an exciting slate of shows before we take another uh, small break uh, beginning mid-April um, as we welcome uh, the uh, an addition to my family. And so without further ado, uh, let's get into the interview with Mindy. Kaizen Health is a healthcare logistics and NEMT technology platform that works with healthcare partners to streamline the process of scheduling medical transportation. They are dedicated to developing the technology and process to improve the healthcare experience for all involved. They've been involved in a number of exciting projects and continue to expand their portfolio today. Mindy herself is a champion of patient outcomes and launched Kaizen in 2016 in pursuit of that goal. She channeled years of high-level experience in operations and strategy to a platform that tackles a leading social determinant of health, access to reliable transportation. So we're thrilled to have Mindy on today. She was able to take some time to talk to us uh, at NIM Talk. So Mindy, I really just wanted to get started by asking you about the story behind Kaizen. Yes, thank you. Um, So Kaizen Health is uh, a little over three and a half years old now, but really um, the story starts about four and a half years ago. So I grew up in Iowa, um, in Portage, Iowa, a town of um, 25,000 people. And my family's all sort of in and around that area. Um, in 2015, um, when sort of the, the inspiration for the company came along, my, uh, my mom's sister, um, she had MS and she'd had it for a long time, but she began to lose some muscle strength and needed physical therapy a couple of times a week. Um, the challenge was really that, you know, she didn't drive. She actually had no interest in driving, had never gotten a driver's license. My family's all very young, working. Um, so while they could be able to help sometimes, like they weren't around all the time to actually help her get back and forth. And the Medicaid transportation there was just um, awful, frankly. And so her best option was to move into a nursing home um, originally Monday through Friday. And that was simply because she could get the physical therapy that she needed there without having to rely on a ride. Um, she, as you can imagine, wasn't very happy about that. Uh, she's a very young woman, just 53 years old. And so I started looking into other options for her. Uh, when a month later, my mother-in-law had been diagnosed with uh, stage four breast cancer. 
um, she was 55, so also very young, but sort of the similarities in their stories end there. Um, she lived in the north suburbs of, of Chicago. She worked full time. She had uh, good insurance. She had a car. She had money. Um, she is not typically the person you would think about that would struggle with transportation. In fact, never had. Um, however, she started going through treatment. Um, it just took everything out of her. And so um, it wasn't safe for her to drive. So our family was lucky in that uh, we're, we were able to shuffle around schedules to get her back and forth. But during you know, that time also observed that not everyone has that uh, kind of support system around them when they're going through treatment like this. And uh, you know, oftentimes we're waiting you know, up to hours after their treatment was over, just waiting to get that ride home. Um, I, I was also at that point um, you know, working on a, a big um, project with, within the city of Chicago called Healthy Chicago 2.0, uh, really looking to see how could we make Chicago healthier for the next four years, centered around social determinants, but sort of at the core of all of those social determinants, whether it was you know, access, accessing food or um, medical appointments, education, employment, was a big logistics challenge, um, particularly on the you know, underserved communities. And so you know, this sort of uh, situation around logistics kept presenting itself. And then you know, I'd gone home to visit my family and you know, all this took place over the course of a year. And my father is an army veteran um, and he would often take folks from our area, which is what he was doing that day, um, to the, the VA hospital um, because they just no longer were up to the, the six hour round trip to get there and back. So after a year of, of nudges from the universe, I finally um, said, okay, what is the deal of this, you know, this thing around medical transportation and logistics? Um, so started digging in and asking questions and I guess, Ultimately, wasn't satisfied with the answers, and so I kept asking more. And then uh, somehow a, a company showed up. I lo I love that it came from not being satisfied with the answer, and that's <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have very similar stories, and anecdotally, we know that you know there there are gaps or there are there are deserts for transportation, and that you had the same experience, and were able mm -hmm. to channel that into something as special as Kaizen is is remarkable. And you know, I was first introduced to Kaizen through what was a, an incredibly startling revelation about infant mortality in Ohio. Can you talk a little bit more about what that project was and how it came to be? Yeah, so um, the city of Columbus uh, was uh, very fortunate to uh, receive some pretty um, interesting grants around mobility. And one of the things that they had been struggling with and probably at that point didn't realize that, that mobility was a factor um, was infant mortality. They have uh, one of the highest rates of infant mortality in the whole United States, which doesn't make sense to me because there's some you know, really great healthcare there and it didn't really make sense to them either. So they hired a consulting company to uh, really dig in and try to understand what the challenges were and why it was so uh, prevalent there. And one of the main contributing factors that came out of that study was that it was a lack of uh, transportation to prenatal and postnatal appointments, as well as a lack of access to fresh food. And so, you know, it was an interesting study because actually these women uh, typically had Medicaid as their health plan and um, a transportation benefit under that health plan. However, they just didn't use it um, because it didn't fit into their life. Um, these 
these women were young, you know, had families, had jobs, and under the, the policy there for Medicaid, uh, the folks have to be picked up um, from their homes, you know, taken to their appointment, dropped off back at home. You have to call, you know, 48 hours in advance to schedule a ride. Uh, which blows my mind because we never know 48 hours in advance if we are going to fall and get hurt or if we're going to be sick and need to get into the doctor. So that didn't make sense. Um, and oftentimes, you know, it was the, the logistical process that was interfering. They wanted to go to their appointments, but they couldn't simply just sit at home all day, you know, looking out the window to see when their ride was going to come and then go back home. And these women were working and had children and you know, needed to be moving around. So uh, we were fortunate to be uh, chosen to be able to work on this project with, um, there's a lot of different constituents. So it's the city, you know, Ohio State, um, CareSource, Molina, and so uh, a lot of nonprofits, it's, it's really great. And we developed a program that allows women to be able to be picked up at home um, or at work or wherever and get dropped off where they need to be. So there's several categories of rides that they can take. So um, they can go to their, their provider appointment, they can go to the pharmacy, they can go to social services, they can go to food um, and fresh food. So um, initially when we looked at sort of the food list of where SNAP and WIC were accepted because we really didn't want to limit access to food, we found that there were over 10,000 locations um, in one county that accepted SNAP and WIC. And when you start looking at that, it's a lot of corner stores with not fresh food. So you start narrowing it that down and that, you know, that list becomes pretty small. And so it's, you know, grocery stores and food banks and farmers markets and things like that. Um, and so that becomes more difficult to get to, but as long as the uh, destination or the place of origination was tied to one of these approved locations, you know, the women were able to move about as uh, made sense. So lots of different business rules built in, so it couldn't be abused, of course, but it's, you know, a program that actually fits inside of their life. So they could have a mobile app or a web app that they use. They could also call in. Um, very few do because, you know, they're very young, intelligent folks, and, you know, we all live with our phones, you know, not more than a few feet from us most of the time. Um, and so they're more than capable than clicking a, a few things on their phone to order a ride um, rather than having to call in and sit on hold and sort of that old traditional um, methodology that's been used forever. And I think that that project speaks to Kaizen's ability to, to truly problem solve. And, you know, when we think about what, what the originating piece of, of, of that, of that project was, and it was, you know, there was an issue with, with, inv within mortality within a relatively large metro area, which like you said, has plenty of, you know, highly qualified, mm -hmm. highly respected um, uh, medical centers. But what it turned into was something a, a lot broader in scope. And so when you guys got in there and, and, that, and that project started to, started to, you started to get the other pieces to that puzzle, you know, what kind of skill set did, did you guys bring to, to that to help put all those things together um, so that at the end of the day, what started out as one thing became a much more broad uh, program really geared towards solving a lot of holes in more social determinants than just transportation. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the things is that we don't come from the space. Um, so I didn't know anything about medical transportation until I had to. 
um, in dealing with family issues. And so there is no sort of it's always been done. And so, you know, as you look at a problem, you're like, well, here's where we're at. I can see where we need to get to. Like, how do we get there? Um, some of that is technology, um, and sometimes it's technology to improve a process or to improve the experience. Um, sometimes it's just thinking about the problem in a, a different way. So, you know, rather than doing a lot of things manually, um, you know, we integrate um, sort of across the board into a lot of different platforms to make this space work. So we integrate into Google Maps to write algorithms to get folks to their appointment 15 to 20 minutes early so that you don't have to figure out like, well, you know, my appointment's at 10 a.m. It's, you know, Monday morning, traffic will be bad. Um, you know, our platform will just do that for you. Um, we integrate into Twilio for communication and we do that via text or uh, via a phone call or through the mobile app. And that can be done in 26 different languages. It's really important to like reach people in not just the mode of uh, communication that they prefer, but also in the language that they prefer. Um, you know, we're able to integrate into all sorts of healthcare platforms like EHRs, care coordination platforms, payer platforms, um, being able to programmatically check eligibility. Um, you know, we've recently rolled out a, a pretty large Medicaid plan, um, but, you know, being able to actually process and adjudicate claims internally to really just, you know, make this one seamless process without having to, you know, take data and have a person just manually enter it into another technology is, you know, is a big improvement on experience and visibility into this space. Um, I think another thing, uh, probably around the ignorant side of what we brought to um, the table that actually is a good thing, um, typically the, the financial model um, has, has worked in a, a capitation. So, you know, the uh, transportation brokers will get paid the same every month if they give one ride a day or a thousand rides a day. Uh, there tends to be a lot of red tape and hoops to jump through from the patient or member's perspective um, to get those rides set up where we believe in being fully transparent um, with our clients, uh, with the rider, with the transportation company. And we've been working, you know, whether it's a nonprofit, um, a health system, uh, Medicaid or Medicare Advantage plan sort of across the spectrum, we work in a cost plus um, methodology typically. And that allows us to pass through the cost of the transportation. Um, Kaizen makes money um, from an administrative fee um, and everything is you know, in black and white. There's no more sort of hiding things in gray area. Um, also by making all those different platforms connect and do so programmatically, uh, you're also able to reduce a lot of uh, overhead, which allows for us to uh, reduce the overall cost of transportation while still um, doing something that I feel very uh, strongly about, and that is uh, paying the transportation company's market rates. Um, when I first was doing research into this space and, and starting a company, a lot of the medical transportation companies didn't even want to talk to me because you know, they didn't want any more Medicaid rides. They're like, no, no more healthcare rides. We, we lose money. And you know, I'm like, how, why? And so finally, when you kind of get to the you know, core of the issue, they, they wanted two things and it was across the board. They wanted to be treated with respect um, and you know, being you know, in the space as a partner, um, but they also wanted to be paid fairly. So 
Um, historically, a, a lot of the brokers have had a lot of the, the power and the volume. And so, you know, they're able to say, you know, we're going to pay you, you know, X percent of, you know, what you would normally charge, or here are the rates that we will pay you and you don't have any negotiating room in here. Um, and that causes a lot of challenges. So if you think of maybe uh, a wheelchair company that works inside of Medicaid, uh, but also uh, does like private service as well, um, I have a ride scheduled for myself. I'm a Medicaid uh, ride and I need to go to my healthcare appointment, but then they also get a call to take Susie to the airport and she's paying full fare. You know, what ride do you think they're going to take? Um, they're going to take Susie's ride all day because they can make more money, which means I don't get to the treatment that I need to get to. So I think one of the best things we brought to the space is ignorance and saying, well, that doesn't make sense. And so let's change it. I, for what it's worth, <laughs> I think it's the blank slate that you guys brought uh, that makes your company so appealing. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we hear a lot from transportation providers is, you know, that you know, there are things that are being hidden and it's a strong complaint that's out there. And Kaizen's approach is, is, is refreshing. If there's no other word, it's refreshing uh, and, and optimistic for transportation providers that are out there. Um, so I love I love the you know, you call it ignorance. I, I call it I call it bliss. Right. <laughs> Thank you. No, I mean, it, it definitely is. And, you know, we've, it works. So when you treat people with respect and, you know, compensate them fairly, you know, they will work very hard for you. They will extend their services. You know, we worked with transportation companies that might have started doing, you know, wheelchairs and maybe door to door. And then we've asked them to extend, like, you know, could you do door through door? You know, could you go through the training and, you know, all of this that you need to do? And, how about car seats for kids? And they expand into that. And we've taken transportation companies to other states with us so they can expand their business because they're so great to work with. We want them to grow along with us. So, you know, it's really important that, you know, they're, they're a good partner for us. Um, and that's how we refer to them, um, both internally and externally. You know, they're not just a transportation company or a transportation provider. Um, in Kaizen's world, they're transportation partners. And I think that's the key. It's the partnership thing. So, you know, Kaizen plays a lot of roles, right? Yeah, you, you have your technology platform. You act as a, a better version of the transportation brokers in some capacities. So, what are some of the challenges that each of those or that those roles bring? Yeah. Um, so sometimes um, we have run into where. Um, you know, we've been given a, a big opportunity uh, that has to move very quickly and we are agile enough to make it happen. Um, however, maybe some other companies uh, that we would typically partner with, not on the transportation side, but um, like other technology vendors uh, to maybe process and adjudicate claims or something like that. Uh, the top of mind example right now um, are not able to move at the speed that we need to. So, which means that we just end up building it ourselves. Um, so, uh, you know, it was never on our sort of roadmap to, to build a, a claims, um, you know, full claims like processing and adjudication, um, being able to adjudicate the claim against the driver, the company, the car. Um, but because, uh, you know, other companies weren't able to move as quickly for this Medicaid plan that we rolled out a couple months ago, um, we just built it ourselves. Yeah, that's a challenge. Uh, um, so, 
that is the reason they don't always move at the speed that, they, that we want them to. So um, at times we end up having to um, sort of like go off script a bit and build things um, that ultimately we weren't thinking about, but are also really great for us. Um, so being able to have that in-house um, not only streamlines the process even more, um, but it also, you know, uh, puts us in a position where we're less dependent on another company to not mess up. Um, and so um, also huge cost savings, which then we are able to uh, pass on to our clients. Um, so I think, you know, that's one area where it's, it's interesting to, um, you know, bridge that sort of span between old and new. Um, I think another one is really, you know, still in that transportation space. So um, a lot of the transportation partners that we work with, um, you know, it's a pretty small world, um, you know, as of healthcare, but, you know, we get great referrals from companies we work with and say, hey, you know, I don't, you know, I don't cover that geography, but my buddy does, you know, let me hook you up with them. So we get a lot of that, which is which is great. But if you're going kind of into a brand new state for the first time and you haven't worked there and no one knows anything about you, there's still some hesitancy, um, you know, initially. Um, and I think that it's because the space has been so broken for so long, um, but we've been able to overcome that. We've um, partnered with a lot of the, the dispatch platforms um, out there. You know, they're great partners to us and we're able to go to them and say, hey, like, who do you know? Oh, in this market, it's new for us. You know, could you make an introduction? Take care of their transportation partners that are their clients, and so it kind of just works um, for everyone. So I think those are some of the the challenges. Um, and then, you know, because I think we have, you know, been able to um, do well in our space, and you know, you know, we are technologically focused. Um, we have a vision that's much bigger than you know just becoming the next you know big medical transportation broker like that's not interesting to me um we have these two amazing assets right so we have our our technology and then we have our network and so you know as we've gotten deeper into the social determinant space um there's you know big logistics problems and you know whether it's moving a person around or a thing around and so we want to get deeper um, so integrating into the food space, you know, by integrating into uh, grocery store chains to be able to look at inventory systems and doing eligibility checks against, you know, WIC approved brands and not just getting somebody to like a grocery store, but to the right grocery store, because, you know, most of us don't love the idea of going to four grocery stores in a day, um, but we can. Um, so folks who have limited mobility or limited financial means just can't. And so we need to do a better job of not just getting them somewhere, but to the right place that can fill their needs. Um, you know, integrating with, you know, we already integrate with payment systems for, you know, doing subsidized uh, rides and things like that. But um, also if you think about, um, you know, looking at the spike in ED visits towards the end of the month um, with people coming in with low blood sugar and it's ultimately, they, you know, they've run out of money for food. And so being able to set up a ride for someone on the third Sunday of every month um, and having the, the trigger um, to fund their account be that they get into the vehicle. Um, so they're getting the money, you know, at the right time and on their way to the grocery store so they can go get what they need to be healthy. Um, looking at social isolation, I mean, many of the transportation companies uh, that we work with, they started for reasons very similar to why Kaizen was started. And so um, they're very interested in helping and uh, doing 
uh, well in this world. And so being able to reutilize that network, they've got a lot of downtime between, you know, 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. And um, they speak, you know, many different languages, many different cultures, because transportation is hyper-local. Um, so being able to utilize that downtime, generate more revenue for our transportation partners, um, and having them train to make a 10-minute, you know, non-clinical phone call to someone who's been uh, determined to be socially isolated. Uh, we've already got the technology to connect the two and so and then be able to get you know the results back to our client in real time so you know we know all the time what's going on with mrs smith while whether we're getting her out to an appointment to a, a social activity or uh, you know someone's calling to check on her but again in her language and in her culture someone she can relate to so that's sort of where we're going and we want to keep going across the social determinants but those are kind of the two main focuses with the, the social determinants uh, that we're uh, focusing on right now. That's amazing. And so we talk about social determinants of health and transportation and isolation and food. They're all they're all components. Um, but you know, in general, social determinants of health is a relatively overarching or broad term. So, what makes social determinants such a key piece of overall health? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, and you know, and if we're lucky, um, you know, something like 10 or 20% of our health uh, care is taking place inside of the four clinical walls, right? Um, we don't spend a lot of time, hopefully, most of us don't spend a lot of time inside of clinics or hospitals. And so um, everything else that we do is our health. Um, it's our, you know, mental and emotional health, our well-being, our physical health. Do we have jobs? Are we able to get to them? Can we get to the interview? Um, you know, are we able to get educated in order to get that job? Um, you know, can we, um, you know, we have housing and, you know, that's great, but like, can we get somewhere? Um, because I'm a low-income person and I don't put my money in a bank, but I need to go pay for my utilities and cash. How do I get there to make sure that my lights and my heat aren't turned off in the middle of the winter in Chicago? Um, I mean, it, it's such um, a, a broad challenge. I mean, we have all these amazing resources out there and all these, you know, social determinants companies and care coordination companies that have done a great job setting up those networks and, um, you know, being able to set up the referral process and all that. It's all wonderful, but um, it's, there's a missing link and that's giving somebody the ability to get there. If we don't give someone, you know, the ability to get to a healthy cooking class, we can tell them until we're blue in the face, hey, you know, Sam, go take this healthy cooking class. Um, and they're like, yeah, 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 you know, it's great, like, I'll do it. But if we can't go that extra step to, like, get Sam there, then, you know, they probably will never do it. So we've got to sort of close that loop um, and, and provide the logistical support to either get the person there or get the thing to the person who can't get out to go get it. You know, I think that there was a, a, a relatively recent study uh, of, of senior U.S. healthcare leaders, and I'm going to get who did it wrong, so I'm not even going to try, uh, where you know, 39% of them <laughs> wanted to tackle transportation as a, as a barrier to health. And so we know that it's not just to those four clinical walls. You know, the social determinants are so important, and transportation is a, is a huge piece of that. We're going to briefly turn now to the uh, NimTalk mailbox. You, again, you can always submit your questions to questions at nimtalk.com. Uh, we had a bunch of questions that came through over the last couple of weeks, and uh, one common theme is something that we've resisted. Uh, we, we've resisted over the 
over the course of the last uh, couple of weeks to talk about, and it's uh, it has everything to do with uh, with insurance. And so we're finally going to address it slightly, and then in a later show uh, that's upcoming, we're going to address it in a lot more depth. And so the question uh, was, for an insurance guy, you sure don't talk about it a lot. Insurance is killing me. What can I do about it? Because I, I, I can't stress enough how many times we get questions like this. Uh, and so I'm going to answer this in, in, in pretty general terms. Uh, the market's tough. Uh, commercial auto has its challenges. For hire passenger transportation auto has its challenges. And then you have additional challenges associated with the non-emergency medical transportation space. And so in short, the market is challenged. There are uh, there aren't a ton of markets out there or insurance carriers. And when we say carriers, insurance carriers, and markets, those are all interchangeable terms. Uh, there aren't a ton of them out there that are willing to write this class of business. And those that are have pretty strict underwriting guidelines. Uh, and so you have varying scales uh, of premium, whether you're working with uh, a large admitted carrier, um, a niche player, or some of the non-admitted uh, markets that are out there. And so what you can do, first and foremost, is not have losses. Make sure you have appropriate loss controls in place so that, you know, when you have, uh, so that you don't have those incidents that drive your premiums up. I mean, that's really, at the end of the day, that's the only thing that you can do at this point uh, to keep your premiums in check. Yes, you're going to be dealing with some of the market issues, but if you are a uh, less than ideal candidate for insurance because, you know, you pay fifty thousand dollars a year and have forty five thousand dollars in losses you're not super favorable uh, to underwriting so don't have losses second thing you can do is work with pros i mean in 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 most industries uh, you can get away with working with the insurance agent who's your brother-in-law or the guy that you've been dealing with forever and ever and ever on your home and auto uh, but non-emergency medical transportation isn't a florist company it's not a restaurant it's not something that it can be commoditized like a lot of Main Street businesses can. Uh, and so you need to work with somebody who understands the nuances of the market and who understands who is going to be able to, to work within your, pro, within your program characteristics. And so you have to work with a professional in non-emergency medical transportation insurance. And there aren't a lot of them. Uh, the second thing, or the, th the third thing, kind of flows off of that. Uh, and it's be selective with your markets or your insurance carriers. There is something called market fatigue. And if you, and I hate this term, but if you shop it, and I, that's in quotation marks, if you shop it like you traditionally would every single year, then the four or five carriers that are out there and willing to write this are going to see it four or five times. It's just, they're going to look at it and they're going to say, well, we've seen this, we put terms out on it, and they weren't acceptable. And so they're less likely to offer uh, in, in subsequent years, which is a part of working with a pro. So a professional insurance broker is not going to do that to you. Uh, they're going to understand uh, what markets work for your characteristics now. And then based on a conversation about where you want to be in three to five years, uh, they're going to build a long-term marketing strategy for you. And so back to the original question, what can I do about it? Don't have losses work with an industry professional, and make sure that you're selective about where your account's being shopped. Or, again, I hate that I say that, uh, where your account's being uh, marketed. Um, cool. So we're going to have a larger show 
later in uh, later in March, um, specific to insurance. Uh, the demand is out there uh, for it, um, particularly coming from us. Um, and again, I've resisted talking about it because this isn't. It's what I do on a daily basis. It's not necessarily what everybody wants to hear about all the time. And so this podcast is geared towards the transportation operator who's looking to grow and put best practices in place. And so the insurance show that we're going to do is going to be about uh, what those best practices are. And you're not going to have to listen to me the entire time either, which is beneficial to pretty much everybody. Uh, we have brought in somebody to, uh, to, do the, to do the other side, so it's more like our traditional interview. And so uh, without further ado, we're going to take a brief break, and then we will get back into the interview uh, with Mindy. And so a lot of our listeners are transportation providers. They're constantly looking to expand their scope of, uh, their scope of work. So what do you look for in, I'm going to use your words, a transportation partner before you contract with them? Um, so first and foremost, if they're nice human beings. Um, Very important. You know, we... We really look at, yeah, I mean, we look at our transportation partners as an extension of who we are, which is an extension of our client, um, right? So everything we do, in fact, is even white labeled on behalf of our clients. So very people know who Kaizen Health is. Um, I always joke, I hope the person paying the bill does, but outside of that, I don't really care if anyone knows who Kaizen Health is. Um, so that being said, you know, you know, we're representing our clients and our transportation partners represent us. So we want to work with good humans. Um, so um, we're looking for someone who, uh, you know, is really focused on experience and satisfaction and, um, you know, is going to go the extra mile for the folks that, you know, that they're servicing, right, the riders and the vehicles, um, who are also interested in growing and changing and, and changing the um, like I said, you know, we really look at them as, uh, you know, our partner in this space, you know, without them, this doesn't work, um, you know, whether it's working with us or anyone else. And so um, it's time to really turn this space around and elevate it. And, you know, folks want to, to do that and they want to grow and they want to, um, you know, make sure that the folks that they're working with are, you know, trained and providing the, you know, best experience possible. I mean, those are the partners that we want. And those are the partners that you know you everybody should want, right? <laughs> Not only are they good human beings, but they're ready. To, yeah. <laughs> they're they're ready to grow and uh, they're ready to do the right things. And uh, focused on that customer experience is a huge piece. And you know it doesn't get a lot of it doesn't get that doesn't shake out all that way all of the time. And it, again, I think it's what separates you guys from the traditional transportation broker, who they're just looking to fill volume. You're looking for people to go the extra mile, and I think that that's huge. So what's what's on the horizon for you guys? Um, and, you know, how can potentially qualified transportation partners learn more about contracting with you on those future opportunities? Yeah. Um, so what's next? Um, to continue to, you know, step-by-step step take over the world and, um, you know, make sure that, you know, no family has to experience what my family and, unfortunately, so many families that I talk to um, so many people have had bad experiences in this space and it's just not okay. And so, you know, we're really looking for, uh, forward to, you know, step-by-step, step, you know, working with health systems, you know, Medicaid, Medicare Advantage. I mean, we work with 
schools and nonprofits and you know clinical trials and you know in-home healthcare, senior living, we're kind of across the spectrum. We work with municipalities even directly. So I feel like I could live a hundred lifetimes over and we're still not going to solve the whole problem because somebody once told me that this problem doesn't start and stop in the United States. And I looked at that person and I was like, oh, that's a big thought that I don't have space in my head for today. <laughs> I'm like, that can be tomorrow Mindy's problem. But um, I think I could live 100 lifetimes over and, you know, still have plenty of work to do. Um, and, you know, if transportation partners are, are interested in, you know, learning about Kaizen and in working with us, um, they can check out our website at uh, kaizenhealth.org. And Kaizen is K-A-I-Z-E-N. Um, and for those of you that don't know the meaning behind Kaizen, um, it actually is a, a Japanese word that means continuous improvement. And that's something that we want to make sure that we're bringing to this space every day. So definitely reach out. Um, my name is Mindy. Um, my email is just my first dot last name at kaizenhealth.org um, if you want to reach out to me directly as well. Well, Mindy, I, you know, I can't thank you enough for, for joining us today. And if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, what you guys do is amazing. And uh, I've had the the good fortune of working with with you and some members of your staff and can't say enough about how great you guys are as big as a fanboy as they come oh <laughs> i appreciate that i really really do i mean i uh, get the pleasure of working with an exceptional team um so that you know, i'm very proud of and thank you for all you do to support our transportation partners whether we're working with them today or not because Probably most of them were not yet, but um, thank you for all that you do to make their businesses work and to uh, protect them. So thank you. Thanks, Mindy.